Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined once again by most of the K-Fave crew. Um, yeah, introducing first, he is a spectacular vernacular. Uh, Mr. Jesse Baker, how are we living today, bud? Dude, doing good. Just uh, hanging out out here in the country and watching a little bit of wrestling, playing some video games, doing, you know, yada, 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 eating some, eat some nachos, drink some beer. Excited about today's show. A little elimination chamber fallout and some wacky shit talk. Yeah, man. Lots of stuff on the lots of meat on the bone here, lots of stuff to talk about, lots of stuff to sink into. And we also have been joined by the voice of the vaginal perspective, Miss Jessica Rosenberg. How are you? Um freshly napped. Nice. And uh had two days off. Love Feel it. like a new person. I'm ready. I love it. I love it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, yeah, we've had a lot going on. There's still just a lot going on in the world of wrestling as it is. Uh, lots to look forward to. Um, this past weekend, we had Elimination Chamber. We're going to dive into that. But, Jesse, what are the news and notes? What else is what else is on the docket before we get into the main, main course here? Well, I think one of the most uh, prolific things running around the Internet at the moment, you know, this has been going on for about a week now, but Vince McMahon's asking – price for the wwe um yeah their perceived market value being six and a half billion dollars obviously it's about the same amount of people that seem to be on board there are some companies that have kind of indicated now at companies like disney probably much less likely now that we understand they're trying to cut five and a half billion dollars in labor and they're announcing less and less programming they're trying to outsource their original programming to third-party streaming services now yeah. kind of to me takes them out of contention uh, there are a couple other companies that have done the same thing, but Vince McMahon asking $9 billion and alleging that there have been offers. I doubt the latter part because it didn't come from a very reputable source. So I don't know. I don't think that there have been firm $9 billion offers on WWE yet. Uh, what do you, what do you guys think? Jessica, what do you, what's your, what's your take? I, like for to be real, like I will never even see a million dollars in my life. So it's just like, how do you how do you price something that spans decades that has yeah. been entertainment for generations? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I don't know. Maybe I it's it's like I don't know the the whole selling it shit with him back and being involved is, is really annoying, but who knows what's going to happen. That's just an insane amount of money. Well, for perspective, their profit that they reported in all of last year was 1.29 billion. Now that's before amortization and depreciation, but you know, that basically 9 billion is about 23 times what their actual intake above cost and market adjustment would be, which is 23 times is, pretty nuts so it have to be people have to be committed daniel i mean what do you think of all this craziness yeah i mean i think that i mean you're selling it's a low it's the bottom tier but it's essentially the equivalent of selling the nhl or selling the nba or selling like an entire league um and all the content that that comes with um and that, that that's a lot there's a lot there's a lot of stuff there and i genuinely believe that you know Inflation is not going anywhere, so the, the value of the dollar will continue to go down, meaning that the, they'll continue to make make money on paper, right? So it's like 
if you're already bringing in 1.2 and let's be honest, like this year creatively is looked up, but as far as in the lexicon of, of, of the community and the world, especially with those stock drops and everything, like this is probably a low year financially for them. Um, so I think that if you're making over a billion dollars a year, 9 billion to me is like, Hey, you're going to make your money back in less than a decade and probably a lot more. Doesn't seem like a bad ask to me. I think 9 billion makes sense for that kind of company. Um, I mean, that's the equivalent of like three NFL teams all in one. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, there's, I, I, I still deep down feel like this is a power play and that there's no intention of actually selling at all. I think it's all just a power play investments, trying to get the right TV deal, all that kind of shit. Um, I think it might come back to bite them in the ass. Um, but We'll see, man. I don't know. You never say never. And with visiting man, it's like it's so hard to predict what that man's going to do because there's not a, a sane bone in his body. So it just doesn't you don't he doesn't live in the normal world. So I don't, I don't ever know where he's going to go. You know, well, here's what I wonder. Can rights fees from companies like NBC and Fox maintain their current trend over the course of the next five to ten years? You have to think about where they're generating their revenue the most. And that's arguable, I would think. But the way everything's changing, it just kind of seems like all the way around with inflation and so on and so forth, all of the stuff that's not going anywhere, that you can't really make the same, like, you can't improve upon a lot of those blockbuster deals. Right. So it, it kind of is one of those deals where it's like the stuff that you can improve upon, I think probably, and we talked about it before, but changing PLEs back to traditional pay-per-views has probably got to be the first thing anybody's got in their head if they're thinking about expanding the revenue for the company. A thousand percent. And you, you know, again, Endeavor, Endeavor is worth about 10 point, I think it's like 10, four, somewhere between 10, four and 10, seven billion. So obviously they would need a partner, but there's still a bunch of Saudi rumors again, which again, I don't really buy it unless it, unless it's like completely and totally private and nobody ever fucking knows about it. I don't, yeah, think- I just don't, I, I just don't see, I don't see how the SEC would allow that to happen. You know right. what I mean? Like. Just because it's there's too much American investment there, and I just I don't, I don't know how that would I don't know how that would ma- I, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't you also have sense. to think about delicate storylines. You have to think about your women's division. You have to yeah. think about guys like Sami Zayn. Yeah, and yeah. you know I mean there there's a lot a lot of meat on the bone there. But who knows? Like we said, we can't predict it, but it is kind of interesting. Um, on into some other WWE stuff. Rumor has it on Raw, the Bailey Ding Dong Hello segment that wound up being the rest of Damage Control was originally supposed to be a return segment for Trish Stratus, who was actually backstage and apparently left the venue upon creative getting changed, which is leading into WrestleMania sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, what do you do? You have a legend that you clearly bring in and all of a sudden it's like, no, we don't have anything for you. That's got to be. I mean, where do you go with her? Her and Bailey? They're bringing Lita back for that tag team shot with her and Becky Lynch. And so, I mean, I'm imagining that it's got to have something to do with a tag team lead up of like, you know, somebody and somebody and somebody and somebody involving Lita. Well, who would make sense to pair up with Trish? I don't know. I mean, if you have Becky turn on Lita or, you know, like that kind of thing. But Trish isn't a heel. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, I mean, you can make it a six woman tag and have, you know, the legends and, and Becky all against, I mean, you could do that with damage control. 
Yeah. Are you, um, or like Beth and Beth, Trish and Lita. That's what yeah. I was thinking. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that'd be cool. Could make sense. It just seems like out of all the things that WWE might botch and change last minute on creative, bringing in somebody like Trish Stratus to actually come to the building and then be like, eh, off with you. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, unless they're like, hold on, wait a minute. We just thought of something even better because of what somebody on like the internet said or, you know, whoever has COVID and can't do this next week. So we have to make some quick changes. You know, it's like shit happens on the fly. Like from to have her there, it was like, from what I read, it was like literally last minute, you know, like complete direction change. So I think that's going to be fun. Like to even have her name whispered to be there is a nice build up to how they're going to bring her back. So that's what you hope. Yeah. What you hope. That's yeah, you cool. hope that's the case, and it's not like she went into the creative room and was like, absolutely not. Sounds terrible. Yeah. They were like, well, it's this or nothing, and she was like, deuces. Yeah. Like that, that's possible, but it doesn't – like, that seems like a, if Vince was in charge, that would seem on brand, but it's like Trips has been killing it, man, and his creative has been pretty good. Even on even on the small, you know – you know, I know we're all talking about Reigns and, and, and Zayn, and rightfully so, but – the other storylines are not bad. Like yeah. there's other, I mean, they're, they're doing well in general. Like they're booking well, and so to me, it, I, I'm leaning more towards the Jessica idea, but just the dirt sheets are reporting it as it's McMahon era and it's just bad creative, which I don't know. You know, I, at this point, I'm much more willing to give the WWE itself the benefit of the doubt now that Uncle Paul is behind the the helm. You know, so <laughs> we'll see. You know. Let's hope. Let's hope. We're on into some other stuff. Uh, AEW made a pretty blockbuster announcement during old Dynamite last night. Dynamite, by the way, I don't know if you guys watched. Relatively underwhelming episode. Didn't watch it. Didn't watch they had kind of a shit show battle royal. Uh, it firmed up Satnam Singh and – or no, sorry, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett as the third contender in the four-way tag team battle royal, the fourth contender we find out next week. John Moxley sets a record of getting his 100th win – an AEW over uh, Evil Uno in what was a very leaky blood main event. I mean, there was blood fucking everywhere. It was yeah. really, really gruesome. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, another Wardlow segment that was basically the same as the week before. Yuta and Cassidy opened. It was what it was. You know, nothing too terribly insane, but uh, Tony Khan and Adam Cole jointly announced AEW All Access, a new program debuting after AEW Dynamite in March that provides an unfiltered, unscripted look into AEW superstars outside of the ring, of which it features Adam Cole, Britt Baker, apparently Eddie Kingston's in one. There's a whole bunch of other people. Sounds to me like they're just trying to sub Rhodes to the top and probably going to suck, but they're trying to replace Power Slap because they want to get away from all that fucking noise. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that that's definitely the case. I think they're just trying to fill the programming void of of the, the Cody Rhodes show, and I don't blame them for trying it, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a blockbuster announcement. No. Um, I, it was definitely hyped to be a much bigger thing than it was, and I feel like um, I, I, got, I didn't see the show, but I saw a lot of clips from last night, and it did seem like the crowd wasn't real. Like, it wasn't a massive pop for that, you know? Um, so... I don't know. I mean, hopefully it's good. Like, I'd love for it to be good. 
if it's good, that's great. I mean, I, anything that's going to make that company better at this point, I want because right now, like, you know, everything is peaks and valleys, and we've had a couple of years where AEW is the best wrestling company on earth, and right now that's just not the case. They're not doing as well as WWE is, period, on any level. I don't even think the wrestling is as good as it was two or three years ago in the company. Um, but, you know, hey, they have plenty of opportunities to turn that around. They do have a ton of great talent there. Um, and they are definitely more of a, you know, they're more of a match show, you know? The yeah. matches are for the fans, and then the storylines are WWE's thing. It's not that they don't have storylines at all. It's just that they're not not that consequential. Like it only really just sets up a confrontation as opposed to like an investment and in emotion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, even like state fair one-off shows each week. Right. Where yeah. it's like, you know who the goody and who the baddie is for the most part. And then you could sit there and root for who you want to. And it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you could even argue that the main event for Revolution has been set up much in a similar fashion because this whole like facing a whole bunch of people to get the right to face MJF thing has been done to death. Yeah, And then you're also like, you know, in the MJF segment, which is the only time the crowd pops, it, you know, he talks about his separation from his fiance, which now people are speculating might actually be a shoot because they've removed all the pictures of their engagement and they don't follow each other on Instagram anymore and stuff. And I'm like, that motherfucker's probably still working. A thousand percent. That's the easiest <laughs> thing to do. Like, That's so yeah. easy. Yeah, totally. Like, babe, all I need you to do is unfollow me and delete all the pictures. As soon as the storyline's over, we'll figure it out. Like, whatever. You know? Right. And, like, yeah, she's totally. not on board already. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, they'll come back and they'll be married. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be like, haha, I gotcha. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just, you know, kind Any of. debuts in WWE after yeah. losing the title. Did, they, did the announcement of their uh, separation come uh, before or after that video of him, like, laughing about signing a titty? Oh and no! After. This is last night, and it was and it was totally the the titty thing was like two weeks ago or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, this was last night, and it wasn't an announcement or anything. It's literally just him talking in a promo, and it was very fluid. It was very seamless. It wasn't like he said we separated. He just made mention, yeah, of it like just <laughs> verbose as MJF always is, and then it, other people looked into it, and that's how it kind of came to light. But as far as all access, man. Everybody says it's a really good sign of things to come for AEW and Warner's relationship, but I kind of disagree. I kind of think Warner wanted to get themselves out of a glut of really terrible feedback over Power Slap. And if it was a good sign of AEW and Warner, they would have a fucking hour of television for Ring of Honor instead of a fucking third AEW program for no good reason. Yeah. That's not even in ring action. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, like, is that how they're going to build their storylines, like during the reality TV portion and then have the co, you know, matches line up with the week before episode of the reality show? Sure, they'll try to. But if you look at Roads to the Top, half of that material was already buried by the time it actually made air. Because yeah. the storylines had aired way, way, way prior. Mm. So hopefully they don't make that mistake again. Who fucking knows? Speaking of AEW and mistakes, if you didn't catch the really fun Twitter beef between Tony Khan and Ariel Helwani over the Elimination Chamber weekend, it was some pretty, pretty, pretty awesome shit. So Ariel Helwani very famously interviewed Tony Khan not that long ago, asked him some very softball questions. Tony refuses to answer anything directly, and everybody kind of was giving Tony Khan shit over it because he's like, I don't want to comment on that. I don't want to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that over and over and over again. Then Helwani appears on WWE TV with a WWE microphone in Montreal, which is Helwani's hometown, but on the SmackDown prior to Elimination Chamber. 
So Tony Khan takes to Twitter and calls him a fluke and a fake or whatever the fuck used, word he used. And he said, you're as credible a reporter as – and tags Tony Schiavone. Yeah. Tell one claps back and says, thanks for watching. Looking forward to our next chat. And don't listen to don't listen to the snowman, Shivani. You're a legend in my book, or whatever. And I'm like, the snowman comment is definitely shots fired. And you're sitting there like, Tony, like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Why would you take your time to be petty about Twitter beef at this moment? This is a WWE live event weekend. Like, don't do that on their turf. Yeah. It's so fucking silly. And now there's this whole thing about it, and everybody. I I, I think that Tony Khan really lost a lot of credibility points for the company over that exchange. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know if anybody. Feels yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's, uh, yeah, that's definitely not the smartest Avenue to take. I mean, also too, it's like, I mean, you should, you just shouldn't be interacting with anybody on Twitter like that at this point in your career. Like, yeah. you know, wrestling Twitter, you know what it's like. Why? Like, honestly, like don't post. At all. Retweet shit from the AEW page. Honestly, just like get a burner account if you want to like get on there and be and post mad shit posts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get a burner account. You could have gotten the same amount of satisfaction and not anybody wouldn't have known that it's you. And like just have your account retweet, you know, Jaguar stuff and AEW on TNT stuff. And that's it. That's all it needs to do. Like I think burner account is the key to fixing AEW. Tony Khan just needs a burner account for his own eFed. And his own situation, and so he can book the B-Fed, and then other people can take the other parts over, and maybe AEW television can be saved. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Kind of fun. Kind of fun. But outside of that, you know, uh, sorry, my dogs are dogs are getting rowdy here a little bit. That's wild. That's wild. One of those things. One of those things. They don't like each other sometimes. But shut the fuck up. Yeah. Technical it happens. Sorry. Speaking of technical difficulties, New Japan Battle in the Valley over the course of the weekend um, started 40 minutes late over technical difficulties and was in San Jose. So it's kind of like, guys, apparently you were not ready. Um, The legendary CM Punk was in attendance for the show, which seemed to cause a lot of Twitter controversy. I thought that was kind of fun. Him and Lars Fredrickson, of of course, ranted. And everybody kind of came out of it mostly talking about the three matches that we touched on last week the most, which were Jay White. And Eddie Kingston, obviously Jay White loses. He is out of New Japan altogether, which starts the next round of predictions. Where's Jay White going? Apparently no one in WWE cares because they are focusing on Kenny Omega, which seems interesting to me. I kind of hope that doesn't happen, but whatever. And then uh, you got the headliner headliner, Kazuchika Okada versus Tereshi Tanahashi. Okada retains. No big surprises here, except for in the goodbye speech, Mercedes Monet came out to join him, which is not pretty common. In NJPW, there's usually like one monologue to leave the fans out or whatever, but she came out too. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing to see where they're going with things. Hmm. But Monet versus Kyrie, um, man, I know that not everybody got an opportunity to watch the match. It was very strangely paced. Hmm. The production on, you could tell that they were trying to do like WWE style entrances and production and stuff but they just didn't really have the ability to do that. And so it got pulled off pretty B-league looking. Yeah, It, it was very awkward, very strange. Um, Mercedes did have a tribute to Hana Kimura in her gear, but her hair, for somebody who's just touting being the CEO and the boss, this is the second of two hair situations in New Japan that were just plum fucked. 
Like this one yeah. literally looked like whoever she sells her fucking weed company stuff to did her hair for her while they were high as a goddamn bat's ass. It was terrible. It was like scrawled on money signs on fucking weird plum colors. It was just I never seen anything like it. Match is okay. Monet wins, which means obviously making further appearances for New Japan. Probably only in America, maybe eventually in Japan. Who knows? Right. But I guess we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope she does well, but also, too, I mean, it's been a long time since she's been in the ring. And, like, no no, no amount of rehearsal in a ring and practice is going to prepare you for, you know, an actual performance. And to be honest with you, man, Sasha Banks is, like, that whole character, the boss character, works with the big production and the big cinematic-looking cameras. And I think it would be who of her, because I think she's very talented and most certainly capable of it, is to just kind of come up with a different character. I yeah. mean, just be a different character. Because I think that she's in, she's a great wrestler. She's a good on the mic. But if, if, if you do the boss character at a TNA level. It doesn't work. It's like, it's like a Walmart general manager. Like, yeah, you're kind of the boss, but like, yeah, it's like the what, color you know? man, Ted DiBiase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hope, I hope it works out for her. I hope this was just, you know, um, you know, a left footed move and, and she picks it right back up and everything is awesome. And I hope she goes on to have a m- more amazing career. Well, they did announce that she just got signed to UTA. So I'm assuming that this is like just, I'm going to do some New Japan matches, get one real big Tokyo Dome show, and then we're off to the movies and fuck wrestling. It's probably yeah. what happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. I could see another Mania match down the line, but down the line. Right. No, I agree. But I suppose what we're here to talk about at this point is uh, what happened over the weekend in WWE land, which would be 2023's edition of the Elimination Chamber. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And I got to be honest, man. I, I went into this show with very low expectations. Um, I was like, okay, it's a filler show. It's the stop before Mania. Um, and it's just... It, it's past couple years have kind of, you know, been pretty boring and bland. Um, and not all the matches were great, but I thought everything had a purpose. And I thought that everything may not have been executed perfectly, but I do think that the points came across some weaker than others. But I do feel like the booking was good. Um, some performances were amazing and some were not. Um, but that's just like the the titular overview. Uh, Ms. Jessica Rosenberg, what did you uh, how, how were your feelings going into this event? Um, going into it, I felt like I knew what was going to happen, you know, like, yeah, I was like, okay, I I think my, a lot of my predictions are right. It makes sense. And then when they happened or like slight variations of what I was thinking would happen, happened. I was, I truth be told, like, uh, first night I popped it on, like right after I had just driven back from Nashville, I fell asleep right before the last match and went back and had to go back and finish it the next day. So like, it was, that. it was enough to keep me awake until then though. So that's yeah. a pretty good sign. Like, yeah. if you were watching pay-per-views and driving at the same time. Huh? You were yeah. watching pay-per-views and driving at the same time. No. <laughs> Endangering us all, Rosenberg. 
Yes. Never. I was just listening to music the whole right. way back. Naturally. Um, but yeah, so I I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. There weren't too many like uh, like some of the stuff, okay, that makes absolute sense and we're, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's just like this is annoying. This is a te- like it's like okay, like well, let's get into it because I want to talk specifics. Okay. Well, hey, I mean, it's the first match, the Women's Elimination Chamber for the right to face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Asuka versus Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Carmella versus Nikki Cross versus Natalia. And I say, Jessica, fire away. So I thought it was pretty good. My prediction was correct. It was Asuka. Um, I just knew that was going to happen because it makes sense with her new debut of her lovely murder face. Um, murder face, murder face, murder face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> Gotta get it out. Gotta um, get it out. Yeah. So it, some of the, like the plexiglass stuff was weird. Um, and some of the, like the before and the teasing, I don't know, it's whatever, but it's like, I, it's like, come on, get to it, get to it, get to it. Yeah. I feel Nikki that. was better. Nikki was really great. I loved that approach see uh, we disagree there i just don't know what they're doing with nikki cross it's like there isn't i i it's it's vapid it's a space to me Mm -hmm. because there's nothing like there's there's no allegiance there's nothing there there's nothing to do with the character she's just oh she's crazy it's not even like basket case or loose cannon or anything like that it's just like nothing that happens makes sense at all yeah which is not what you're looking for like like, that she i and I MVP, like it, you know, like, I don't know. It was very strange to me, but the, I thought Carmella doing the hiding out spots in the pause was great. Like to me, Carmella probably did the best job of earning her way into being like the final two agreed in the ring. I yeah, thought her performance, performance was great. Surprising. Yeah. Surprisingly not, great. Not only her emotive performance, but her physical performance too. She looked great. Yeah. She, every, every part of it was awesome. Natalia at this point, I hate to say, because I have loved her work for so long, but like is such a space filler that you really only had like three people that you could really look at maybe possibly taking this home. I, in my personal opinion, I don't think anybody really thought Lynn Morgan was going to do it anymore only because of the way that she's been, you know, maybe, maybe there was some hope. I know that, you know, popular with the little girls and all that fun stuff. And I'm speaking from like a 37 year old man's perspective. So (laughs) probably not the best. I really did think they were going to go with Raquel though. And I do think that they're trying to build her to that point. I just know they've been pulling the trigger pretty prematurely recently, so I thought maybe they would again. Mainly because I don't see the build for Asuka Bianca. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. They're going to have to come out with something to make that interesting leading up, or it's just going to be another match. Yeah, Yeah. we got some time. Yeah, I mean, we got time. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I actually – I prefer this version of Nikki Cross, but I agree it seems aimless. It's not her performance. It's that it doesn't make sense, like you said. And I feel like it's because she doesn't get any promo time ever, ever for any reason. And it's like I need her to tell me why she is the way she is or I'm never going to attach myself to it. And I I mean, like, and she might fail at that. Maybe they're, like, trying to protect her because she's not a good promo or whatever. And that might be the case. But it would still be better to have it said and fail then continue to have this ambiguous character that like 
is kind of good in the ring sometimes and then kind of crazy sometimes and then a superhero sometimes like yeah it's like you can't do the foley thing when you don't give him mic time like that's the I, reason why foley worked is because he talked every week every single week like so even when he had matches like if we're being honest look we go back and look at foley it's like some of the matches were great. Some of them were absolute stinking duds. I mean, terrible matches. But he would redeem himself with a five-minute promo that was killer the next day, and it didn't matter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and so I think that Nikki Cross could have that honestly if they I gave her. I think it's logical to put her with Bray, and you know, yeah. use that you look at her past with Alexa, yada yada yada. Yes. You can build off that. Yeah, for sure. I actually think that the. I, I I did like I, I agree with the Carmilla sentiment. I think that she was the most surprising and impressive in the match because the bar is so low for her, frankly. But like she did real really really well. I actually think it was still a miss to not make Liv Morgan and Oscar be the last two because I do feel like the yeah. overall crowd would could it could have been Liv more than anybody else other than Oscar. So I just think there's more suspension like and more more drama there. But at the same time, it almost protects Liv a little bit to not be in the final two. So it's like, it, like I could go either way on the booking. Either way, though, as as a whole, I thought the match accomplished what it was trying to accomplish. If you're trying to get Oscar over to get to the next level, yeah, I do, and I agree with Jesse. Like this is to me, this is the this is their almost like AEW storyline where it's like we're really just going to set up a confrontation here and then really hope that they knock it out of the park bell to bell. Like that's that's the goal for them. And honestly, they don't really have a whole lot of time to build it. So, I mean, and there's not really true heel here. Like I know Asuka's tried to turn heel with this new paint, but she's not going to get booed. She's, she doesn't have the promo skills, honestly, to like make people hate her. And it's just not it's not going to work. But I think the match could be great. So if you just want to like, you know, please the actual wrestling fans and give us that match, that's fine. I think that, and that's, that's enough. So to me, I, I would go like half, I, like if we're doing the old beer rating, I'd put it like, I give this like a three out of six, like a, like right there in the middle, three, three out of six pack, you know? I'm there. I like, I, I might go a little North even only because I thought everybody pulled it out. There's a lot yeah. of effort, you know, yeah. like the sunset flip shot off the pod was fucking Dope. great. The little uh, the plexiglass spot, even though I hate the plexiglass spots in these matches, you know, I, I thought, you know, that it made sense. It fit yeah. into the storyline of the match, too. So that was cool. Yeah. So I'd, I'd go three and a half. Yeah. The plexiglass got me because in in one section when they hit, it broke. And then I think it was in maybe the men's match or like the second part where so, I can't remember, but it happened again and nobody went through it. You know, you know, it's like. All right. Well, if you're gonna hit that hard, not everybody's so strong. Yeah. You, you know, know, you're right. I should, I should buy into it. Forget the science. Hey, on the first one, they said the glass was fucking bulletproof all night up until somebody went through it. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. And they weren't even supposed to. Like that. Yeah. That was the first. Like <laughs> yeah. it was. Like that spot wasn't even supposed to happen. Like. Yeah. 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 Fun so. stuff. Following that match, we get um, what everybody on Earth has to be looking forward to. Yeah, we can push past this quick. (laughs) Fucking Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, which I was hoping would end in something that would make this end and move both guys onto something completely different by the time we get to WrestleMania. No, not what happens. Um, It was just finisher attempt after finisher attempt and then a low blow for the DQ and Lesnar just going crazy after he admitted he had a bedtime thought process crush on Bobby Lashley. I, I don't know. What did you guys think of it? To me, I, I'm, I'm I, like, I'll, I'll give it a beer for the star power, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean they're they're leading they're leading the mania. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be they're finally gonna get the actual match at Mania, and I, I sadly I think they're probably gonna make it a headliner one of the two nights, which is crazy to me. But I think that's what they're gonna do, and I, I hopefully hopefully they can have a banger and it'll be great and it'll make up for it. But right now, like I'm I went I'd say yeah a beer like just because of the star power. But like the match the match itself really wasn't bad, and and honestly the wrestling between them is there. Like I get it. Like they they have chemistry. Like as for two big dudes they both can wrestle and like it's not bad when it happens but no one gives a shit anymore it's like this is like cena and orton yeah they're both great but we're so tired of seeing like no one gives a shit about this match like we're just and like honestly i i agree with you jesse i feel like the reason why nobody wants to see it and they're both stars is because we've just seen it so much and i genuinely feel like the more they keep trying to do this you're going to diminish both guys like i'm going to care less about both of them by the end of this feud and it's like that's not that's not what you want to want to get. For me, it's a beer. Jessica, what do you think? Um, I don't really care about Brock that much to begin with. It's fair. Um, the the greatest thing I saw about it was a cartoon, and I cannot remember the author, but it was um Brockback Mountain. I just can't quit you, and he was it was like a picture of like a naked Bobby Lashley. Oh, that's um, good. I like that. That's, and yeah, that was the best part about it for me was the the jokes because because it's over. It's it's not over. It's like overdone, ready for it to be over. Can this it's like lamb chop? It's like lamb yeah. chop. I just wish somebody <laughs> would have taken two handprints and slapped them right on Bobby Lashley's titties. That would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> just like think about this, motherfucker. That's what they'll do. They'll bring Sable out. In a walker or like a jazzy, she'll like drive down that long <laughs> ramp in a jazzy, and that'll be like the run-in. Sable in a cage. That sounds Sable like my retirement plan. Oh, that'd be so good. I'll bet she's still hot though. Honestly, whoever hits the life alert button first wins the match. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, that'd be great. Life alert. Oh, God. oh my That's god! Good I like that. All right, speaking of life alert, let's get on to the next match here. It's a. Uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix versus the Judgment Day, which it's wait, actually... Wait, 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 wait. I have to interject here. Okay. We cannot ignore the absolute idiocy and terrible, terrible, terrible thing it was. Look, I'm excited as the next guy that WrestleMania in Hollywood is bringing back the fake movie trailers, okay? Yeah. Yes. I think it's a great idea because the last ones were so fucking entertaining. This one could have worked if it was like one quarter of the time and they didn't have Becky Lynch in it at all. I thought it was great. I thought it was phenomenal. I loved it. I the loved it. The between the two of them was the fucking worst. I disagree. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I thought they both did a really good job. I thought it was. I loved it. I was really entertained by it. He put on fucking cat glasses and tried to do a Christian Bale voice the whole time. It was the worst. It's a voice. It's not even her voice. It's an actual voiceover. It was hilarious. I, I, yes, I swear to God, a hundred percent. When she says "man cave," is not a voiceover. Yes, it is. What by it, who? It is. I swear to God, it's a voiceover. Either it's hilarious. Way. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. I thought Seth Rollins was phenomenal. I thought Seth surprised that they had just kept to the Joker promo and kept it there. Yeah, like that okay. to me is where it should have stayed. Because the old the old ones didn't like go back to like I'm gonna f five you WrestleMania or whatever. It was just the movie part. Like I don't know. I like the interaction, man. I like I liked it, but I, everything at its time. If you're gonna do it with anybody, it makes sense to do it with them. Yeah, because okay. it's, they're cute. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah, I think it works. I think it works. But let's, yeah, let's want, get to the That's match. what I want in my wrestling shows. Cute. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't a, mind the commercial. A little rom com for the girlies as a treat. Just yeah. come on. 
it's it's not it's not and honestly too like if it was a promo like an actual backstage thing it would have not been nearly but it's like it's a promo from mania they're arguably to some of the biggest stars some of the biggest like ticket sellers in the company it's it's great everyone knows her it, i thought it was really good batman joe it, i thought it was great yeah moving forward moving forward all right uh the next match is edge and beth phoenix uh versus judgment day it's Rhea ripley and finn balor Dominic should have been in the match. Obviously, we've talked about that. And that's my biggest gripe. Second biggest gripe is Beth looked rusty, man. Rusty, yeah. rusty, rusty, rusty. I mean, and and listen, like, she's a legend, and you can give her some grace for sure. Some grace. And there were a couple of spots where I was like, a little clunky, but it was okay. Then it happened again. Then it happened again. Then it happened again. And I was like, all right. All right, Beth. I love you. I do. I love you to death. But, like, you're going to have to shape that shit up. We're going to have to tighten this up, okay? Like, you missed. You totally missed a, a run, a save that you had spotted, and Edge oh, had did this awkward like kick out. It was like, come on, man! Like Jesus! Like, listen, I get that you're not, you know, 28 or whatever. Like, I understand. I understand. I get it. I feel you. But like, just don't. I mean, we can't. We can't be having that. We can't be having that. It, it, it's bad for everybody involved. And I mean, hats off to Finn Balor and Ray Ripley. They both like played their parts really, really well. The Edge Balor stuff one on one was really, really good, um, and that saved the match in general to me. So I'm gonna go two and a half or two and three quarters, but not quite getting to three, only because I feel like Beth. I want. I wanted like disappointed isn't the right word. Like I just felt a little let down just because I had so much faith in her and she's so awesome that like. I really wanted those Ray Ripley moments between the two of them to be awesome, and they were not awesome. And so hopefully we can fix that because obviously they are moving towards a six-man, which I think is a great idea. And again, I think the booking moving towards the next thing is great. And Ray being in there with the three of them against Dominic, and the, that's going to be good. It's going to be a really but, solid mid-card WrestleMania match. But it's not so. going to be – Ray is not going to be with them at WrestleMania. Ray is wrestling fucking Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. That doesn't mean she's not going to wrestle on the next night. I don't think so, dude. That would be actually that would be really cool because that would speak to her stamina, how powerful she is. I and like yeah, for something to happen in the ring that pushes her even over, way over on night one when she if she wrestles night two with Charlotte. Yeah, she pins like, Beth for her night to have one. something like super crazy that make her go way beyond over. That kind of like pushes her more above than just like the best thing about the Judgment Day. Yeah, I agree. See, here's why I don't think it's happening. Because I think Charlotte and Rhea is going to be the main event of one of the nights. And I don't think they'll do it night two. I think they'll save Roman and Cody for night two. Roman and Cody for night two. I so think you think it's happens. just going to be like, oh, so you think it's going to be like Edge and Ray against like Dominic and Priest maybe? Maybe something like that. I, or, I mean, from everything that they've been saying is Edge and Finn. And like... I could see it being okay if they really pump the fucking build up. Like, they really got to do... Because, I mean, then that leaves Dominic for Ray. You know? Yeah, but then why split it up into that many matches? That's like... Because two need... fucking nights. Yeah, I know, but that's still... I mean, dude, you have so many wrestlers. Like, that's yeah, still know. too much. But how many are really going to be on there, you know? I mean, we're probably not seeing, like, Otis and Gable on Mania. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, we'll see the Andre, the, you know, it'll be in the pre-show on one of the days, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I just think that, like... I definitely think that both Ray and Dominic and Edge and Balor are things that are going to happen. And they may make it a tag team match. I know there's history there, but we've kind of already been down that road. Like, 
I don't know. I feel like that's kind of boring. The one-on-one makes more sense. I also think that, like, Finn needs some build. My dog's getting confused because his name is also Finn. So every time I say oh. it, he's like, hey, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but Finn needs some build, dude. I mean, like, yeah. there is no real leader to the Judgment Day thing. If there is, it's Rhea. Yeah. Long shot. Yeah. And everybody there needs some – honestly, they just need to be done with it. Yeah. Everybody needs split skis. And, I agree. Yeah. There's even further evidence of that in the next match. I agree. I think I think it makes sense to have the six man like uh, we were talking about because that could very well just be the end of Judgment Day there. Yeah. And like you go into like how everybody split off in the next season. Um, I think it would be smart. I think it would um, be good for Rhea. I think it'd be good for everybody. Yeah. You're also yeah. not even thinking, you know, we don't know when Orton's slated to come back. Probably not by Mania. I'd say it's after. But somebody who is slated to come back and doesn't currently have anything going on, but I could totally see them because of the Orton tie going with Edge is Matt Riddle. Yeah. That's a whole thing that I thought about the other day. I was like, you know what? That kind of would make sense. Yeah. Like, and I mean, rated bro KO or whatever. Yeah. 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 But I also think that, I mean, there's enough there just with Ray and. And Edge. I mean, they they were also tag team champions. So well, it's but like, it gives, yeah. But it gives Priest a way to be involved. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Priest is already. I mean, Dom, Dominic and Priest are already connected anyway. So to me, it makes more sense to go Edge, Priest, and or maybe even just Edge and Dominic and Finn. You know what I mean? Like maybe. Like I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I just think I hope they don't waste Priest, which we'll get to in the next match as to why I think they might. But I really hope they don't. They should build him up differently like yeah. like don't yeah he doesn't need to be left in the dust at all unless it unless it comes to be like you know a damien dom yeah you know, so I mean, they can I both guess. build each other up i think priest is one of those talent though that like doesn't in all honesty you can build him as a baby face easily and you can do it with him alone he doesn't right. need a piece he doesn't need anybody around him he doesn't need a protege he doesn't need a tag team partner he can talk and he can move and he's fucking big and he's athletic. They just need to fine tune a little bit about his presentation. Uh, I think he sucks, honestly, but that's just my own personal opinion. I think that they, I think that's changed a lot since he left Ring of Honor, and I think a lot of it is like his improvement about hard cam antics and his facials and everything else. I think have come miles and miles and miles away, and I think really what it comes down to is like his in ring stuff has been derivative, and, and there just need to be some tweaks there. It's like. He's a big dude that can move around. He doesn't need to move around the way that he does, though. It's another right. one of the big man not working like a big man situations. Yeah. And then you got to get him out of, like, if you got a big muscular dude in a land of, like, you have big muscular dudes like Brock and Bobby, but, like, a tall, naturally muscular fucking guy like that, like, you could get him into a role that was a believable, like, what people thought Baron Corbin might become before yeah, they yeah. completely botched that. Yeah. You know, and, no, I like, agree. That's a, That's a great sentiment. I just there's there's a way there and Damien can fucking talk. He sounds like a fucking brute warrior dude. Like, yeah, he doesn't have bad promos most of the time. Like, I don't know. I just I think that they have something there that they need to be able to tap into. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's just got to stop ripping off 90s wrestlers moves and every single thing he does. Like, that's yeah. just you got to stop. I mean, I know he's paying homage or whatever, but it's like, dude. Your gear, it's like you are just the outsiders mashed up into one that's yeah. just like does a little bit more. It's like you're like the outsiders with six in one person. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like a boy George hair and it's not working. Yeah, it's just it's weird. It's like, dude, just be you. Like if you want to show some homage and do a couple things, that's fine. But when your entire move set is Kevin Nash, Scott Hall and Sean Waltman, it's like and the fucking roads move for a long time until they brought Cody back and you notice he stopped using it. Yeah, as he should. I mean, yeah, fucking should have been a thing in the first place. I agree. I agree. I agree. Speaking of which, we are on into for the United States, the coveted United States title, uh, the men's elimination chamber match. Johnny Gargano out in his best bluey gear. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Seth freaking Rollins. Bluey! Yeah. Damian Priest, Bronson Reed. Hey, quit. <laughs> uh, Austin Theory and Montez Ford and Damian Priest. Like, yeah. Man, I said it going in. I mean, I knew, you know, we talked about this last week, obviously, in our preview show, but I, I think we all were kind of like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Theory's going to win it or whatever. But Montez, this is a star making performance for Mr. Ford. Definitely did a great job. 100%. And I mean, you know, we can run down the match, but I mean, most people probably watched it. It's just so easy to watch now. You don't have to run down everything. I thought the way they eliminated Bronson Reed was incredibly smart. Yep. The triple super kicks, the triple finishers, that whole working together Kept thing. Kept him very strong. Yeah. He looked like a beast. They had him fucking painted like a beast. It made all the fucking sense. It was a Vader him. moment. Yeah. And it leaves him with. good. Yeah. He has meat to chew on, you know? There's enough coming out of that that he can come and take his pick of where he wants to go. Yep. Uh, Gargano, who genuinely, like, the way that they fit him into WWE interests me less and less. Yeah. But it's a bummer. His performance in this match, him and Rollins, uh, for example, it's like, okay, these are both Sean guys, heavy, heavy, heavy. You yeah. can tell. And they there was some chemistry there. I, oh, I and did, they can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught a lot of very magic moments between the two of them that were wrestling magic, like not just wrestling magic moments, but sports entertainment magic moments, like things that Agreed. you could tell there was some thought process put in, not scripted, but put in by both of them independently. Yes. And I thought it worked really, really, really fucking well. Theory perfectly played coward and perfectly like trying to pit people against each other to give himself the advantage. I, I like fucking, you know, it is what it is. But my biggest come away from this match, man, in all honesty, was like looking at Montez Ford reminds me more and more just athletically, fluidly in his connection with the audience of Dwayne Johnson. Like when yeah. he started to finally get it, like just his fluid movements. It's everything. It like, leads like water into another. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the way he moves his arms, his legs and everything as he's going into stuff. I hate that he used the fucking suck it motion like 18 times while he was in the ring. But yeah, he got a little carried away. (laughs) But outside of that, it's like every fucking thing you do just looks fluid and beautiful and believable and so on and so forth. For a men's elimination chamber match, man, I got to be honest, like the way that they had the spots lined out, even with the Logan Paul interference and blah, 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 I I probably have to give it like a good solid four and a half beers, man. I thought that it was really well booked and that it was logical. I thought it was great. Jessica, what'd you think? I agree. It was really good. Um, Obviously... The injury makes sense so that the gate, you know, shit has to get unlocked and things happen and that builds that story. But people were like, at the time, they were really freaking out. They thought he was really, really hurt. Um, But then, like, I always, you're always like, ah, damn, you fooled me afterwards. It's like, because it looks so real. Like, he looked hurt. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm so job. proud of Montez Ford did it. That does he, not work without Montez Ford being a beast at selling. And he killed it. Serious. Yeah. And uh, I just think Bronson Reed, I'm so, he looks so great. I'm really proud 
that he's back. Same. Everything looks good. And, you know, I I don't like Logan Paul, but God damn it, he's so good. He's so good. That's it's so it's, infuri- it's infuriating. It's infuriating it's, it's, how good he is. I hate him because I like him in the ring. I mean, I hate him as a person. Don't think whatever. But he's so good. Yeah. And it's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it's really annoying. It's really, really annoying. I mean, to me, all right, listen, I'm going to say this. This is probably the most profound thing that I'm going to say on the podcast this week for sure. But I do genuinely think that for a long time, Seth Rollins has been in my top echelon as far as like in-ring workers. Even during the lull, even during the empty arena days, the Thunderdome days, Seth Rollins has been a bright spot. He's continued to, I mean, from the authority days till now, and we're talking seven years at this point, he has been knocking it out of the park every time. And I want to say this clearly, not taking anything away from Logan Paul. Nobody likes him, which is why he's a great heel. But everyone, everyone, every podcast I hear, everybody can agree he's been phenomenal in the ring. He's exceeded expectations really good. But he's still a part-timer, right? Right. If if Seth Rollins has a mania moment match, which could possibly steal, if not one, both of the shows bell to bell with Logan Paul – he will have officially entered the chat of goat officially entered the chat. And I'm, I mean, I have, I have Shawn Michaels heartbreak heart tattooed on my body. And I'm willing to say that there is a good chance that if Seth Rollins stays healthy and keeps going, he will outshine the greatest of all time. And that's, the biggest praise I can give anyone. I think that Gargano did great. I think Reed did great, but I do believe there was one ring general in this match and at a thousand percent with Seth Rollins. Oh yeah. There was moments where you could see him yelling, speaking to the guys, like almost calling spots for them. Very Sean thing to do. We've got tons of footage of him doing that, like Royal rumble matches and type and things like that, that have been, it's just, it's just, his brain is so wired for the business perfectly that there's no one better in the ring. He's the Tom Brady of wrestling. He's just, there's nobody better. Like, and it's, I, I, I thought I, I did, I cared nothing about this match. This match was on the Lashley Lesnar level. And I will say bell to bell. This was the best match on the show bar none. And that I know there's a lot of talent there and it's like, well, you can look at it on paper and see it's going to be great. Ah, not really. You know what I mean? Like there's not really any conflict between any of these people. This is almost like you hit random on WWE 2K and this is what pulls in on the elimination chamber. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, this was not like so much story leading in. And we talk so much about how WWE is storyline driven and they're not AEW. It's not just about the matches, but when they have to be, this is other level. And this with these, okay. If you could imagine an, a, a chamber in AEW and put the level of of stars in this, like you got one good guy and then a bunch of mid carders really. And then some young, some older, some were there. Now they're coming back. One's real young and you're really trying to push him to the moon, but he's not quite there yet. Like if you put that, even with a stacked AEW roster, they don't do it this way. This is a better match. Like this is a better bell to bell match. And I feel like that's needs to be said because a lot of times we are like, Oh yeah. AEW's wrestling, WWE sports entertainment, on this night, honestly, like from top to bottom for the card, Elimination Chamber, WWE is, man, Triple H is in that war mode, bro. Like he's in war mode because this shit's good. This is the best WWE has been in a long, long time. 
cared nothing about this title, and I genuinely think the United States title got elevated massively strictly from this match. And that's yeah. great for theory. He needed this boost. It's crazy that he did minimal and got so much further just from this match, and we got a bigger launch of, of, of Logan Paul and Seth Rollins. We saw the Gargano has got a lot in the tank. I, I would like to see a Gargano-Bronson Reed one-on-one, maybe just open one of the nights of Mania. That's, I'm good with yeah. that. Um, you know, and then, and then everything else in Montez Ford, birth of a star, like we've all said here, like how much more do you need to accomplish in a, in a chamber match? Yeah. It was nailed it. Great. I mean, knocked it out of the park. Great match. Six beers for me. Six beers. Six beers. Loved it. Well, I'm glad everybody thought it was awesome. It re- <laughs> I mean, it really was. I mean, it wasn't, you know, like falling off a top of the cage and JR running at the mouth level, like, but, you know, like nobody's popping that hard. But yeah, but for, for the for the lead up to WrestleMania, I mean, it's just getting really juicy. Yeah which is what they need to be doing right now. And they fell off so hard doing that in past years where it was just like, yeah. oh, this is a fucking filler. We already – and here's the thing. The best part about this show, in my opinion, we all do know what's fucking happening at Mania. But this was still yeah. entertaining, and this yeah. is more entertaining than most of the shit that they put on in the last calendar year. So yeah. that's accomplishment done as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And like even as convoluted – you know, we probably have like slightly different opinions on the main, but – that's what we're all here to talk about, right? I mean, this is the yeah. thing that made everybody feel like they were kids watching an old pay-per-view again, at least as close to that, for the first time in a long time, in Montreal, watching Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the – I can't even ever get the fucking title right, and I'm a stickler for getting this shit correct, but – yeah. Undisputed WWE World Championship. There's something along those lines. Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Ah, that's where. Yeah, there you go. Sorry for sorry. Sorry, universe. I said world. <laughs> it's all uh, good. I'm normally the one that gets it wrong, so I feel like I feel great in the show right now. <laughs> at least it's a heavyweight. I, I didn't do the heavyweight thing. You did. You did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I we all knew a lot of this. I I don't know, Jessica. Why don't you start for this one? They played with my emotions. <laughs> Yeah. Like I re- like it was so good. Y'all everybody in the world knows how I feel about Roman. And um t- for me this is all Sammy. Obviously he's he's now in my top 5 of all time best wrestlers all time. Okay. Like he is so good. And you could just see the heart in him, and it, and it's just he's like willing to do anything. He puts his absolute body on the line. Not that you know the other guys don't, but it's just like the the his work rate lately and the story build is just so it's so goddamn good. Yeah, and I can't like you, like you guys saying I can't remember the last time I felt childlike invested. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's a classic WWE storyline. It's like the things that we've craved. Like this. Yeah. yeah. This storyline just and I love that it just organically happened too. you know, and like it, it happened because it's like it's like, man, this this is the kind of shit that should just show you that like writers are not as important as you think they are. Right. Like these right. wrestlers have been in love with this product for so long that they know what's best. 
Like, say, hey, this is your program. These are bullet points. Go. Like, and if they can't do it, they shouldn't be on the show. You know, like, that's what it, wrestling should be. Like, it should be booked, not written. You know what I mean? Yep. It should be booked and not written. But, dude, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn is, it's a classic WWF storyline, value, generational shit. This is, like, people will talk about the Sami Zayn bloodline era. Like, this yep. is a massive, massive storyline. That And all that being said, from my opinion, I still think Cody's the guy. I still think they're handling it impeccably. I still think Cody should be the one with his hand raised in the confetti. He should be the guy championing the WWE, be the brand babyface. I agree with that. Sami Zayn, it's not – people act like like WrestleMania is the end of everything. It's like, oh, well, if, if, if he doesn't win at WrestleMania, like, like we're just, everyone's just going to stop caring about Sami Zayn. The closer we get now, the more I'm like, we got to keep this going. Like, way past, way past Mania. Like, let's just keep it going. Like, yeah. Sami Zayn will get the title eventually. I genuinely feel that way. But I this mean, is he's not- got two belts. He's got to lose both belts. Everyone says that, but I, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, think that's I don't think they're splitting the belts. Not at Mania. They might split them later. No, that's what I'm saying is, like, yeah. I think – what they're building up for is for Cody to be the guy at WrestleMania. Cody's and then into the new season, yeah. it's going to be Sami Zayn, and then Roman's going to be out, and he's going to go do movies or something and yeah. be like Little Rock. Fully agree. I fully agree. I fully Little Roman. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't funny, know, too, because it's like The Rock is such a cool name, and then you find out his name is Dwayne, and now we're all used to it, but like, I remember when it first happened, I was like, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like Dwayne, like what a Dwayne. terrible name. But then I, I mean, I dated a Dwayne, so I don't, it don't matter. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what I mean? Like Dwayne no, kind of yeah. has a connotation and I'm just like, it's just not a great, it's not, I'm not, uh, you know what? I'm sorry. If your name's Dwayne, I'm not trying to shit on you. My name's Daniel. It's the most generic name of all time. So I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody, but like at the same time, like Roman Reigns name is Joe and it's like, okay, like, all right. Like you got to, Plain as Jane name too. Like you got a fucking brown paper bag for a name. Like good for you. Like you're you're gonna be. I guess you'll be fine. But you know, it's just funny to me. I thought that's. I don't know. I mean, it's for me. The one thing that bothers me about this is like the feeling was there. It was great, except the presentation of both guys. Like it works for Zayn here. That he walks out like he literally just rolled out of bed and somebody was like, hey, you got to find some clothes to put on so you can go in front of all these people. That's pretty much what he looked like. But Reigns also is just wearing cargo pants and doesn't have a shirt on. Like, obviously, he takes care of his body and stuff, but that's really it. And I'm like, man, is, is wrestling now just like, all right, we're going to find some very disgruntled kitchen workers and we're going to make sure that they really want to beat the fuck out of each other for some reason. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's not like that other – level of presentation visually speaking because if you look at this match like that's one thing that i think cody has that a lot of people don't have right now and i know that yeah. this I, I know this is all on purpose i'm not saying anybody's doing this because they have they lack a thought process on it reigns is purposefully looking this way because of the heel thing and because of how he's being presented zane is purposely looking at this thing as the underdog and as the guy that nobody thinks is going to do it and he comes in and he's pasty and wearing basically sweatpants or whatever i get it yeah. But it does take away a lot of the mystique. And then you look at this match, and people say, man, we really thought Zayn might have took it. Took it. That's a new word. I just invented it. Took it. Fuck you. Yeah. And then you look at what's going to happen at Mania with the entrances, and you look at Cody. And it's like, there we go. 
yeah, I mean, that really is. He's the, Mickey Mouse, man. I mean, he's he's yeah. he's Disney. I mean, he he's the guy. He's Hulk Hogan. He's. he's I mean, they're he's, definitely gonna have a whole bloodline procession. Yeah. Oh, with, for sure. You know, like it's gonna at WrestleMania. That's it's months. not just gonna we got be six him, months like, more of this shit. Is what I'm saying. Like, there's so much more we can oh, do no, here. Totally, totally, totally. And I mean, I think also like with Zane, you have to look at. It, they've already with the whole confidence booster promo and yada yada yada. They've already started that. Like they've yeah. already started building where that's gonna go. And you can see, you know, how they're going to turn and blah, 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 and who gives a shit. But, I mean, let's not fucking disregard any of the thought processes around that Bloodline storyline, which is how they've done this so intricately. Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, KO. So good. So good. Maybe to some Solo, extent, Solo yeah. although I think Solo's feud organically goes a different direction. I really do. Agreed. I think. Agreed. Like, and I'll tell you who I'd love to see. If they keep Bronson Reed not necessarily being a heel— I mean, Solo Bronson could have some fucking bangers. Oof. Yeah. So good. But so as far good. as this match, they milk the fuck out of the crowd. You obviously get the pop to the old Sami Zayn song. Absolutely love it. Makes all the sense in the world. And this is a perfect time for Zayn to be able to reinvent himself during the build back up, too. So good. By the way. So good. He's but so good. The wife involvement, you know, we've seen it a thousand times, but it was very, it, it still touched. You know, it still made sense. It's, it's not quite Joe talking shit to AJ Styles' family, but it's about the same thing. And then you get, like, the biggest thing to me, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it with my partner, and not Mia's never really seen old Sami Zayn or Generico matches or anything. And so when he starts running towards the corner, she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, because she doesn't know what the fuck he's about to do. Like, yeah, she's thinking yeah, yeah. that he's, like, about to run himself into the damn turnbuckle. Yeah. And he goes to try and slide through, and he gets caught. And then when he gets up, she's like, because yeah. the scar on the front. Yeah. And he had that, like, what looks like a fucking open stomach surgery scar. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out of that shit beat to hell. Yeah. I want to tell you. As he should. As he should. I love this. I, I love the storylines. But what does hurt the match to me, when it comes to Jimmy interfering and doing as much as he did, I'm like, those interferences should be minimal still. They should yeah. be, like, you come in and lay out. Impactful. They're still impactful. Yeah. They are, but it's like lay one chair shot. Yeah. You don't need two super kicks and a splash and then the kick. Like lay a chair shot. Lay yeah. a fucking angle. And like that's it. And just make it one thing that looks like it's going to fucking matter. And then you can build on that because then his retribution is going to be the same damn thing to you. But Sami Zayn's not going to come in super kick you twice and give you a splash. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a lot of shenanigans, which I knew they had to do. It all makes sense. Zayn got the win with no ref. Yeah. You know, made, Montreal gets sent home happy with the haluva at the end after KO comes out and all that fun stuff. But one thing that I think that we we kind of talked about it once, and Daniel, you said you weren't interested in seeing it. We could be building to Sammy KO. Yeah, I just I, I don't I think that they're more valuable as a team. I think I they're think, more valuable as an alliance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I mean. Like I, yeah. Tag team yeah. Yeah. Or like I, a, yeah. I said. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't necessarily mean tag team, but alliance. Yes. Um, yeah. I, 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 I see do them together again. Yeah. And also, too, I feel like, you know, uh, keeping the angst between the Usos. I mean, they're still tag team champions, you know, I mean, keeping but, the angst there between them. But then having some KO Zane versus Usos matches will be phenomenal. And then not knowing where it's going to, you know, there's so much there's so much there's 
so many options. And I feel like people are so one-minded. Like it's like, oh, this is a Daniel Bryan mania moment. Oh, this is a Kofi Kingston. Mania. It's not, it's not those things. And it shouldn't be like, and people be. Are like what do you want to see? The same people are, it's, 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 it's like they get invested in someone and that automatically means they need to be the world champion. Like remember like 20 years ago when the mid card guy was really important still. Do you remember that? Like, cause I do. And we haven't had that for a long, long time. Like I would argue since the Cena era, you haven't had really over mid card talent. And like, and it, I don't even mean mid card to be like diminishing. Like, like it's, it's main event level interest. I'm invested on a massive level, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be in the world title picture. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be that way. And I can still care. I can still want to see everything that's going to happen. Like it, it's, I don't Sami Zayn. I'm going to say this here. Sami Zayn is not the guy to win the world title right now. And if you truly think that that's what is best wait, wait for what, for the big pop. And then where does it go? Nowhere. It goes nowhere. No. I mean, who yeah. do you have to go against Sami Zayn after Roman Reigns, after the arguably the biggest final boss in the history of WWE? Like how, where do you go? For Rhodes, there's so many options. He's a fresh face. It makes perfect sense. He's a, a bigger media baby face, overall face, Coca-Cola branded company guy than Sami Zayn is, which is crazy to say, but it's true. It and true. like Sami Zayn is the guy that's going to keep us wrestling fans invested. Keep those yeah. storylines open and options forever. I don't need closure at all on any of it. I just want to see what Sami's going to do. And that's there's so much value in that. There's so much value. I don't give a shit about the title. I don't. He doesn't need the title. He's Mick Foley. If he gets a title run, maybe for like three weeks. Who cares? I mean, how many times did Mick Foley actually win the title? Twice. Yeah. And how long did he collectively have it? Maybe eighty days. Nothing, but he's yeah. a, an, an arguable legend who had multiple feuds with multiple people spanning decades. That's what Sami Zayn should be like. That's, and that's what he is. I, 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 I love it. I agree. I it. It, it's also one of those things too, where it's like, if you look at the presentation and stuff, even it's it, like, I'm not saying that there are remarkable similarities in terms of their in-ring style or anything not else, at all. Yeah. but there are in the sense of what their strengths lie in, which is yeah. doing certain things that dazzle the crowd that may or may not be more or less impressive than anybody else, but also the mic skills, the ability to tell a story yes. and the ability to illustrate your love for the simple psychology that yes. is sports entertainment or the professional wrestling business, however you prefer to look at it. Yeah. And Sami Zayn's got it in spades. You can't say he fucking doesn't. There's a relatability level to charisma that people don't talk about. The Rock doesn't have a relatability level. No. Stone Cold doesn't even really have a rel- – I mean kind of – It's kind of the word, out that way. But Foley did, and Sami Zayn does because he yeah. – no matter what kind of person you are, even if you and I wouldn't be friends, you probably find something in common with Sami Zayn that I – like you know what I'm saying? Like we, yeah. even if we don't, we wouldn't get along. Everyone – Everyone would love to sit down and have a beer or a Coke or a burger or a fucking salad or whatever you're into with Sami Zayn. You know what I'm saying? Like no one is – no wrestling fan doesn't like Sami Zayn. No one. Like there's so much value in that. There's so much value there. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the state of WWE right now, man. There's so many options. There's so many tales. For the first time in a long time, it's a compelling storyline, and I don't know where it's going to go. And I don't want to know where it's going to go. Right. I want to watch it, you know, and I care about it. I was wrong about almost every match on the chamber, except for, I think, the men's elimination chamber match I called. And obviously the, the headliner. Yeah. But, like, everything else I was wrong about. And you know what? I was glad. I was sitting here, like, giggling to myself about it as we were watching it. Great show. But now, yeah. overall, my overall rating for the show, four and a half beers, 
thought it was phenomenal. Thought it was a like one of the better between those those filler pay per views. You know, premium live events, whatever you want to call them. Th- those filler those fillers can be pretty bad. And this one was great. Like it was really good. I was already interested after the Royal Rumble. I, I'm so hyped for this Mania. More hyped than I've been in a very long time. I'm I'm yeah. really excited about it. We've gone a little heavy, so we do need to wrap this up here. Um, but man, I I loved it. Jesse, what was your overall for the, for the for the whole show? I I'm gonna go with you, man. I you know like I'm not gonna say it was the best show ever, but it entertained me a lot more than I thought that it would. And I, it didn't have the roadblock or fast lane syndrome. Like it didn't have like. Right. Any of the middle ground shit that it's yeah. normally ripe with, I thought it was great. So yeah, four and a half for me too. I mean, I like yeah, and it was well booked. The pacing of yes. the show made fucking sense. Yes, but they haven't done in a while. I will say that's one booking thing. Was so good. Lacking on. Agreed. Miss Jessica Rosenberg, what's your overall view of the elimination chamber? I completely agree with y'all. Um, I was in, I was thoroughly entertained. Everything made sense. Nothing worked against the storylines. Nothing was like, you know, this makes no sense. Right. Um, it great booking, great work. Everybody looks great. I'm very much ready to geek out and you know be an absolute mark at during WrestleMania. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well. We got a lot on the docket, man. We got a lot. If you're a wrestling fan right now, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. I mean, we got we got AEW's pay per views coming up pretty soon. We got Mania's no right around the corner. We're wrapping no up the uh, like, no surrenders in uh, tomorrow, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Alexander versus Rich Swan's the headliner. They have they have yeah. some banger matches on that show. Actually, there's some Bullet Club action. There's a, like a lot yeah. of other stuff. Impact is not doing bad. They're, no, they're not. And, and you know. Our boy Alex Kane running roughshod in MLW, just flying up the ranks. I'm loving to and see that. Akira and Mance yes. Warner. Yeah, loving it, loving it, loving seeing all those guys doing well. The time is uh, is is of the essence there. They're doing a great job, and it's only a matter of time before we see those guys in much bigger spotlights. I'm excited to see it. Um, we're gonna be wrapping up KVAB comparisons in general coming up in a few short weeks, man. I'm. I'm sad to see it go, but I'm excited about like the future of everything. I'm ex- really proud of the body of work of this show too. It's been five years, and we've done, we've gone everywhere with this show. We've changed formats several times, several seasons, several different intro songs, several different, um, honestly, hosts, co-hosts, uh, interviews. Um, I, I love every single person that's ever been involved with this show. It's been a ride of a lifetime, and we're not done yet. Next week, um, it's going to be. Mr. Wex breaking the Lawson and uh, the spectacular vernacular Jesse Baker having a little one-on-one show. They're going to be going over the dirt. Uh, probably have a little list segment for you. Not sure what that's going to be. We're going to figure it out on the cuff. So be sure to tune in next week. It's going to be really, really fun. We always, literally always adore having the vaginal perspective on this show. Miss Jessica Rosenberg, thank you so much for being here. Please tell people where they can find you. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the show. Well, um, you could find me on Twitter at Peggy Hillfeet, also known as the American Cream, Busty Roads. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok uh, and YouTube as Busty.Shackleford. Love it. I love it. Jesse, man, where can folks find you? You can find me at Jesse Baker Nash on Instagram and Twitter and regular old Jesse Baker on Facebook. Watch out for some announcements. I'm scheming and thriving on some ideas for a follow-up show post-WrestleMania. 
that will be another regular series, probably featuring some familiar voices and faces. So, you know, we're going to figure some shit out. TB. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. we got a lot on the docket. I want to also reiterate that just because KFib Comparisons is ending uh, does not mean that this feed will end. So don't unsubscribe. There's going to be tons of new stuff coming at you. Might even turn into like a network type thing. So uh, might have, you know, Jesse has his own thing or maybe Wex has his own thing or maybe I have my own thing or, or we all have a weird combination of mix and matches and there's a bunch of different shows on the feed. So, um, you know, if you're into music, if you're into football, if you're into... Um, you know, anything. If you're comic book movies, yeah, movies, video games, um, and wrestling. Obviously, we're not done with that. So uh, there's there's going to be tons of stuff on the feed. But Kayfabe Comparisons has come to an end. I'm really excited. You can always find the show at Kayfabe.com, by the way, on Twitter and uh, Instagram. You can find the show at Kayfabe.com Pod on TikTok. You can find us Kayfabe Comparisons on Facebook and YouTube. You can always find your boy, um, Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, at Daniel Daybreak everywhere on every social handle. Um, and you can find my band who just dropped our very first single outline at the Far Between Band. Uh, we would really love for you guys to go check it out. It's a really cool tune. I hope that you guys all love it. Um, and go spam Furnace Fest to book us in September because that's the goal. Um, yeah. Love it, man. I love it. We are uh, we're done. So, um We'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Bye. Bye.